From time to time, devils will bring thoughts to our mind to torment us. Often, devils will bring accusing thoughts to us concerning what we have done. Jesus said the devil is a liar and there's no truth in him. The devil is accuser of the brethren. So when these thoughts come to us, accusing us of wrongdoing, it's not the Holy Spirit trying to convict us of sins. That's a completely different matter. If we have sinned and have not repented, and did not recognize even that we sinned. When the Holy Spirit brings the truth, it is not that bitter accusing type statement. Rather, it's just a simple fact, and we have a light come on in our head, and we said, oh, I didn't recognize that. We turn to God in prayer, praying things similar to that which David prayed, Psalm 51, 10. Please forgive me, God, and create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. The devil's accusations are not like that. They are in a very condemning type voice accusing us or accusing the brethren trying to divide the body of Christ in Revelation 12 start at verse 9 and the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceived the whole world he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. He's a deceiver. Recognize when that condemning, bitter thought comes concerning what you've done or what someone else has done, that that very well may be a devil troubling you. Don't go along with him for even a second. Just turn to God and ask God to help you. God usually will bring you a word which causes you to see the truth. And when that happens, the devil flees from you. But maybe only for a season, because in the temptations in the wilderness with Jesus, the devil left him for a season. But when he comes back to bring you trouble, a troubling thought, go through the same process again. All you do is just call out to God for help. And when you receive from God the truth, rejoice in the truth, and the devil flees from you. And you know the truth. Sometimes devils are 
accusing us and bringing things to our mind to try to condemn us. And we don't really realize it's devils doing that. I want to give you this example. On internet, I have often received emails from men all over the world who say they are pastors. And they ask me to send them money. I don't do this. I don't send money to these men. I'm a minister, and I know that God called me, Jesus called me, and sent me in the ministry to exhort the church. And he provided everything I needed along the way. Some people are not called to the ministry, and they just copy other people who set up churches and give out Bibles, set up homes for orphans, set up homes for the elderly, and they can't pay for their works. Some of them set up TV shows, and they can't pay for their works. So they enter into an extortion type of program where they are begging you and twisting you and making you feel guilty if you don't give to their ministry. That's extortion. The thing that God says is that if any man is a brother in Christ and is an extortioner, we're not to even have anything to do with him. But the devil will try to make you feel guilty. Take 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 13, and consider what Paul's saying there. He said, don't keep company with a brother who is an extortioner. Many ministers are extortioners. They take scripture and try to make you feel that God will not bless you unless you give to them. And they read scripture which makes you think that. That is extortion. To try to wring money out of the congregation that way. When I get those emails wanting money, where men say that they are pastors and they want money, I don't send to them. Because I know if God put you in the ministry and it's a real minister and a real church, God will provide all your need. If you go out there and copy other people and overextend and get in debt and become beggars and become really extortioners, racketeers, using all types of gimmicks to try to get money from the body of Christ. The thing I'm supposed to do with you is not keep company with you and put you away. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, you're even called a wicked person. That's in verse 13. In the 1980s, God put me on radio by what I believe was an angel of God speaking to me in the night. 
This happened on January 10th, 1980. I was asleep and it was a, I was awakened by a very loud trumpet-like sounding voice that said, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote KWJS on a notepad. I found it to be a radio station. I began praying and I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And instantly I heard, call the radio station manager. Now this was not an audible voice. This was a voice that brought this thought to my mind and I knew it was the Holy Spirit. So that morning I called the radio station manager and I said, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? And he said, make an audition tape, 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me, and if you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. I recorded it that same morning, sent the tape to him that same day. Within... Five days I was broadcasting exhortations to the church on radio station KWJS. When I asked God how I should pay for this, I was impressed. Send a letter to those people you know and tell them what happened. Not asking them for money. Just tell them what happened. That you were awakened in the night. You had this trumpet-like voice speak to you to give you the call letters to the radio station. You prayed. You saw, found out what to do from the radio station manager, and now you have been offered a contract to go on radio. Just tell them that. I didn't even tell them that I needed any money. I didn't need money because I had owned a business. I sold all the merchandise from the business, and if I needed to, I could have paid for the radio broadcast temporarily out of the money that the merchandise brought in. But I asked God what to do, and he told me what to do, and I did it. Probably six months later, I went on another radio station in Houston. The first one was in Dallas. I went on the radio in Houston, and then I added Oklahoma City, and the thing I would do is go on radio, and for about six weeks, I would just give the broadcast in that city. And then I would go into that city and have a meeting, rent a room at a place like Holiday Inn, and have a meeting for the radio audience. And people began to give money from the radio audience. But I wasn't desperately begging them for money. It was totally different from the pressure that these ministers put on you today. What they are doing is extortion. When they take up offerings and make you feel guilty, as if you have to give that money in order to be blessed, that's extortion. 
Now let's look at 1 Corinthians 5 to see what God says to do when you discover a brother who is an extortioner. Starting at verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 5, But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a one know not to eat. Don't try to be friends with this person. Don't counsel them or pray for them. Put them away from you. That's what Paul says. And Paul says in verse 13, Put away from you among yourselves that wicked person. He knows what he's doing is wrong. So counseling won't help him. Prayer won't even help him. Put him away from you. Earlier in this chapter, Paul says, Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 5, To deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. This may be his hope of salvation, that we put him out of the church, that we refuse to keep company with him. To deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. I have one situation in my experience where at the church I attended, our teacher was committing fornication our Bible teacher. I went to him and established the fact that he truly was having sexual intercourse with this woman. And I said to him, Oh, you know, First Corinthians 5 as well as I do. I can't keep company with you. I can't come to your Bible class anymore. I can't be with you at church. I can't do anything with you anymore. And he said, That's right. He knew it. He knew it. There was no shame. He just confirmed what I had said to him. I think that is putting the persons away from you. Don't keep company with him. Turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. A few years after that, I had occasion to speak with him by telephone, and he said to me, well, fornication is no longer a problem. I felt he was saying his flesh had been destroyed, and I hope that for him because I hope he can have the spirit, the soul, saved in the day of the Lord. In Revelation 12, it talks about the devil being cast out of heaven and cast into the earth. And it says in verse 10, For the accuser of our brethren, the devil, the accuser, the devil, of our brethren is cast down, 
which accused them before God day and night. Recently, I remembered a pastor, a man who said he was a pastor, in another country, and I did not give him money. He wanted me to give him money, and I did not do it. And I was just being beaten up by thoughts like, you have violated certain, certain scripture. You've done this. You've done that. You should have given him that money. And yet I knew not to give him that money. And I was reminded, this is simply a devil accusing you and tormenting you. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's what this is. It's not the Holy Spirit trying to convict me of sin. It's a devil accusing me. And then later I thought about extortion because this pastor was trying to extort money from me by making me feel guilty. And I knew it all fit together. These men who say they are pastors, they're on the other side of the world from me. I don't know them personally. They send me emails wanting me to give them money. And yet they're trying to make me feel guilty. It's extortion. And then the devil tries to accuse me because I didn't give money to them. So don't fall into this trap. This should free you if you have been a victim of one of these ministry extortioners. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.